open the eyes of our hearts, dear Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are going to see 2 Kings chapter 18 about King Hezekiah, King of Judah. In verses 1 and 2, we see that Hezekiah became king when Israel was in its last stages of being taken as captives. He was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. An important detail is given there. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. Why do I say it's an important detail? If you remember, Ahaz, the worst king of all of Judah's kings, was his father. And hence, his mother played a great role in raising him up in the godly ways of the Lord. The mention of the royal mother's names occur in the books of 1 and 2 kings, whenever a new king begins to reign. These announcements appear for all the kings of Judah except two. One is King Jehoram and the other is King Ahaz. These are the two worst kings in this lineup of the kings of Judah, in that both of them led the nation into pagan idol worship and the names of their mothers are left out. So you see, a mother plays a great important role, not just in those times, but in today's society as well. Mothers are recognized as having significant importance and impact on their son's beliefs and many times play a big part in shaping their sons into the kind of adult men they will become one day. We see that most of the times, the better or the good kings had either a mother or a grandmother who helped provide a good godly influence on them as children. The opposite is also true. So men must understand and appreciate that the wives that they choose will majorly impact not only themselves but also their children and in the generations to come in the family. So we see here that even though his father Ahaz was, was the worst king of Judah, he grew up to be a righteous, godly king. Which is listed out in verses 3 to 6. It says, He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehustan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him, for he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord had commanded Moses. So you see this young youthful man of 25 years who started his reign in a very great way, tearing down everything that even his own father had built because he wanted to do what was right in the sight of the Lord. Next, he even broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made in Numbers chapter 21, 1-9. This bronze serpent was standing in Judah for more than 800 years and by that time, the people had made it into a god of its own, calling it Nehushtan. This shows us that sometimes even in our lives, the good things can become as idols and therefore they must be destroyed. For example, even a cross that Jesus carried could become an idol. And what a glorious certificate is given of him. It says, after him was none like him and before him there was none like him. So, Ezekiah's zeal in the Lord was unique and his passion and energy for doing the right thing in the sight of the Lord was of no compare. This is all the more significant because his own father was the worst king of Judah. But then it also shows how much of a role his mother played in his life. 
In verses 7 to 8 we see that the Lord was with him and he prospered wherever he went because he did everything like his father David as we read in verses 1. So this was a promise given to David in 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 3. It says, "And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments and his testimonies as is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do." and wherever you turn so you see the promise was fulfilled in Ezekiah's life because he chose to do what was right and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him during this time Assyrians were the world power just like how the united states is the world power today so Ezekiah subdued the Philistines and he openly rebelled against the Assyrians who were the world power during those times Now in verses 9 to 12 we see how the Assyrians captured the kingdom of Israel during the 4th year of the reign of king Ezekiah Shalmaneser the king of Assyria came up against Samaria and besieged it and at the end of the 3 years they took it so in the 6th year of Ezekiah Samaria was taken and everybody was taken as captives as we saw earlier naked and with fish hooks and chains dragging them along in a humiliating manner why was it so verse 12 says because they did not obey the voice of the Lord that God but transgressed his covenant and all that Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded and they would neither hear nor do them they were not ready to hear the Lord's voice nor ready to do it they transgressed his holy covenant that he made with the people of Israel in verses 13 to 16 we read about the siege of the Assyrian king Sennacherib the son of king Shalmaneser of Assyria Now we must know what this Assyrian king and their kingdom and their army was. They were the number one military power in the world at that point of time. During Sennacherib's reign, their army was at the peak of their power because he had introduced a lot of new technology. They were the first to use the knee-length boots so that they could march against the enemy in every weather, be it rain or sun. They made weapons of the new metal iron which they could use much better than the weapons made of bronze. and which were lighter and more sharper and stayed sharper for a long period of time they made breastplates and shields and helmets and all that with this metal iron and then they had a special war machine made especially for the siege called the battle ram they would take this siege war machine into the battle and ram the fortified cities until it fell down the assyrian kingdom was an enormous empire it stretched from modern day iran to egypt and covered most of the modern day middle east countries the assyrian empire was the largest land empire that was created until then the assyrian army was the most sophisticated army in that they all worked together in one accord and they had the huge crossbows which were designed and used in battle for long range archery So the Assyrians had an habit of laying siege and then breaking the enemy down onto their knees and killing everybody who stood against them right there and then and taking the rest as captives and relocating and resettling them in far off places as slaves and resettling their own people in the captured cities they were very brutal and dealt everybody with the iron hand such was their prowess that all the nations trembled at them and they were also deeply despised by every nation on the earth 
Now such a huge army with such a huge prowess and huge success behind them was standing at the door of Judah. They came in the 14th year of King Ezekiah and came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then Ezekiah king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish saying, I have done wrong, turn away from me, whatever you impose on me, I will pay. So here we see that Ezekiah was fearful of these great Assyrians because now they were at his own doorstep and they had taken some of the fortified cities. And now Ezekiah was inside this city called Lachish which was a highly fortified city at the top of a hill which was very steep. This is when he had a momentary lack of faith and where he felt that it would be wise to pay off this Assyrian king rather than become the subjects and rather be killed in their hands. So he says, turn away from me, whatever you impose on me, I will pay. He tries to give him all the silver and gold and everything that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. In verses 17 we read, The king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rabsaris and the Rabshakeh with a great army against Jerusalem to king Ezekiah. The Tartan, the Rabsaris and the Rabshakeh are not names, they are titles for the king's right hand man, the field commander and his wine bearer. These were the top three men of Assyria. In the British Museum, in room 10B, there is an exhibit of the wall taken from the southern palace of King Sennacherib in Nineveh. It portrays the Assyrian king sitting on a royal throne in his military camp outside Lachish. Prisoners of wars are seen either kneeling down paying obeisance to him and we can also see people and oxen and carts and everybody being taken as captives. Now the Assyrian army became very bold and they came up against Jerusalem up to King Ezekiah. Now these three men, the Tartan, the Rapsaris and the Rapshakeh from Lachish called out to the king standing in their gates. And it says, when they called out to the king, Eliakim, Shebna, the scribe and Joah, the recorder came out to them. So the Rapshakeh said to them, Say now to Ezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? During this time, Ezekiah was trusting with the king of Egypt because he had an alliance with the king of Egypt. And this is what the Rapshakeh was mocking here. Whom do you trust? Is this the Egyptian king that you trust? This was prophesied by Isaiah the prophet in chapter 20 verse 1 to 6 in which the Lord had asked Isaiah to walk naked and barefoot and by using that allegory he told the people of Judah that so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptians as prisoners and the Ethiopians as captives. So the Lord wanted Judah to trust him instead of Egypt. In verses 21 to 25 we see the Rabshakeh talking very cleverly trying to demoralize the messengers of Judah and the king of Judah. He was secretly wanting the people of Judah to give up. 
in a similar way the enemy of our souls satan has a skillful way of trying to discourage and demoralize us in the walk with christ as we walk in christ every day he comes to us with different arguments saying oh what are you going to earn out of this what do you gain out of this does it make any difference in the world if you walk in the ways of the lord look what i have to offer for you in such ways he cleverly tries to discourage us and demoralize us he says look There are better ways to spend your time rather than in the book of the Lord. People are going to mock you for being like this. But then, just as Ezekiah was careful, we need to be careful not to believe in such words. He also says, Give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria. The ancient Chinese military strategist Sun Tzu says in his book, The Art of War, The supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. And that's exactly what the Rabshake was trying to do by asking Judah to give up and give a pledge to his master, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib. In Luke chapter 4, verses 5 to 8, we see Satan trying to talk to Jesus into giving up everything. He says, just bow down at my feet, I will give you everything. So just give up, don't be so adamant. Give it all up. You don't have to go through this difficult ordeal of saving the whole world. I will give you the world for you right now and right here. Just bow down at my feet, he says. But it didn't work out with Jesus and same should be happening in our lives too. Because one, what you need to realize is that there is a strong chance for us to win the battle with Satan. The second thing is, if we win or lose, we can draw closer to God through that battle. And third, even if you suffer losses in the battle with Satan, Those events that you undergo in your life through that battle can be a great blessing for you as well as others who witness it. So Satan would not want you to fight with him but rather to give up your walk with the Lord easily and surrender to him so that he can win the battle without fighting. This is why James says in James chapter 1 verse 12, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And that's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And that's why Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 14, But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed and do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. And finally, Rapshika brings out the ultimate weapon. Have I now come up without the Lord against this land to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. It says earlier that he took some of the fortified cities of Judah. So it might have created a doubt in Hezekiah's mind whether God is really for me. Maybe God is on his side. Maybe God wants him to take Judah altogether. So all these doubts would have crept on his mind. This is why Psalm 34.19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. but the Lord delivers him from them all. Hezekiah was a righteous man. He tried to please the Lord in all his ways. And yet, here you see the Assyrian king having won some of the fortified cities of Judah and taken the people as captives. So what does this mean? Will he take me and my people in these fortified cities as well? 
In verse 26 to 27, we see the messengers Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah say to Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. You see, all the people of Judah were sitting on the wall listening closely to what the leader of the Assyrian army was saying. And these leaders of Judah didn't want the people to get discouraged or get dismayed by the lies spoken by these Assyrian leaders. But in verse 28 to 35, what do we see? The Rabshakeh directly talks to the people and he says in a very loud voice, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from his hand. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. He further goes on to say, Has any of the gods of the nations at all delivered its land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their countries from my hand? that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand. Here we see the speech which was directly mocking the living God. Rabshakeh's speech was intended to glorify the Assyrian king and to make the people of Judah doubt the king Hezekiah and also to build their fear to a great extent and to make their faith in the Lord God vanish away. But in verses 36 to 37 we see that the king had ordered them do not answer him. So the people held their peace and answered him not a word. These are the people who followed Hezekiah's principle of obeying the Lord with all their hearts. The rest of the people who lived in the fortified cities of Judah did not follow in the ways of the Lord and were taken as captives. These are the remnant of the people of Judah who were with King Hezekiah till the very end and they listened to every word of Hezekiah. Next we read, Then Eliakim, Shebna and Joah came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. You see, they were deeply affected by the words of Rabshakeh and the mocking of their God, God of Israel and Judah. This is a great lesson for us too. When we face the deepest crisis in our lives, we might feel as if everything is pulled off from us and we feel like tearing our clothes and crying non-stop because of the deep anguish and pain that we feel from all sides. Paul describes the same feeling in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9. It says, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Things were hard, but the battle was not yet lost. Let's see what happens in the next chapter. May God bless these words. Amen.